Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hamas is losing every battle in Gaza, why it still thinks it could win the war. And investors are growing impatient with Apple in the AI race. Investors are really concerned. A lot of people see this explosion in AI as just so transformative that Apple can't really sit this one out. Plus, there are two major gauges of inflation. Which one is the right one? It's Thursday, February 29th. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. This is the PM edition of What's News, the top headlines and business stories that moved the world today. Israeli troops opened fire on Palestinian civilians today in a chaotic series of events involving trucks delivering aid to the Gaza Strip. The Israeli military and Gaza health officials gave conflicting versions of the event, in which Gaza health officials say more than 100 Palestinians were killed and more than 700 were injured. Palestinian health authorities say more than 30,000 people have been killed in Gaza since Israel launched its war against Hamas. The numbers don't distinguish between militants and civilians. Israel is facing international pressure to abort plans to attack the southern Gaza city of Rafah, where more than a million people are sheltering. Meanwhile, Hamas, a U.S.-designated terrorist group, is vowing to press on against the strongest military in the Middle East, despite losing every battle against Israel in Gaza. Wall Street Journal contributing reporter Anat Paled says the goal of the head of Hamas is to emerge after the war, declare an historic victory, and claim leadership of the Palestinian national cause. What Hamas is trying to do is outlast Israel. So we know that Israel is a very strong military. And what Hamas is trying to do, like any guerrilla warfare, is just trying to basically survive. And we're seeing less and less combat between the two sides or less contact. And so Yahya Sinwar, the head of Hamas, is hoping that he can outlast Israel, that international pressure will basically force Israel to reach some sort of end and that he can still come out on top. President Biden is ordering the Commerce Department to open an investigation into foreign-made software in cars, warning in a statement today that Chinese efforts to dominate the global auto industry posed clear security risks to the U.S., The president warned that connected vehicles could collect sensitive data for foreign governments. The investigation could lead to restrictions on using certain car parts in the U.S. China hasn't commented directly on Biden's auto plan. Russian President Vladimir Putin has raised the specter of a nuclear conflict if Ukraine's allies step further into the war. While the Russian leader has issued nuclear threats before, experts say the use of such weapons remains highly unlikely. But the warnings come amid heightened anxiety in Europe about U.S. commitment to its security. Coming up, is Apple falling behind in the AI race? Why some investors think so after the break. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. 
Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. You've often heard us talk about at least two major gauges of inflation. One is the Labor Department's Monthly Consumer Price Index, or CPI. That's the one that makes all the headlines and is usually considered the inflation report. January CPI, just as a reminder, was up 3.1 percent from a year earlier. But it's another measure from the Commerce Department that the Federal Reserve prefers. It's the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or PCE. And the latest numbers out today show prices rose 2.4 percent from a year earlier, much closer than CPI to the Fed's 2 percent inflation target. But which measure is the right one? Joining me now is Wall Street Journal reporter Justin Lehart. Welcome back, Justin. Hi. All right. So let's start with why the Fed prefers PCE. It all started back in the late 90s. Then-Chairman Alan Greenspan really, really preferred the PCE. And the reason why is the CPI is based on a survey of consumers. They ask people, well, what did you spend? How much of your spending do you devote to alcohol? How much do you devote to car purchases? That kind of thing. And people are, you know, can be unreliable about that, whereas the PCE data is based on actual spending figures. Um, So that, in his view, was a more representative sample of what gets spent. And then once you have sort of different weightings, you're going to end up with a different price. Uh, Big difference, CPI has a lot more housing in it than the PCE does. And The housing measures that the Labor Department and the Commerce Department use have been kind of elevated for weird and technical reasons, and that has pushed up the CPI a lot more than the PCE. So that explains why we see the gap between the two as well, but how concerned should we be about that gap? It's about a percentage point apart. It's much wider than it usually is. Generally speaking, people think that that gap will narrow through the year. We don't know how much it's going to narrow. And probably the most important thing to think of here is, well, which one does the Fed care about? And the Fed cares about the PCE. So if the Fed is confident that the PCE is getting down to 2% and is going to stay there, uh, then the Fed is going to be comfortable cutting rates. Even if the wedge between the CPI and the PCE remains large. That's Wall Street Journal reporter Justin Lehart. And with the PCE reading coming in as expected, all three major U.S. indexes ended the day with gains. The Nasdaq even closed at a record high for the first time since November 2021. As more tech giants get into the AI boom, one that seems to be left out of the conversation so far is Apple. Some investors think the company is falling behind. This week, though, some saw a spark of hope when Apple canceled its electric car project and decided to shift some employees into AI. Here now with more on the company's plans is Apple reporter Aaron Tilley. Welcome back, Aaron. Thanks for having me. So how did Apple seemingly fall behind the rest of its competitors in the field of AI? Well, Apple was a really early entrant into this space, at least consumer-facing artificial intelligence. They launched the first real mass consumer voice assistant with Siri way back in 2011. It was this sort of 
major feature of the iPhone, and they were seen as really ahead of the game then. But since then, Siri over the years has fallen behind in quality and performance compared to other players that joined the field later, like uh, Amazon's Alexa and Google. And there's been an explosion of other sorts of AI technologies, most notably generative artificial intelligence, really led by the firm OpenAI and their technology chat, GPT. And typical Apple, they often wait things out. But in this case, investors are really concerned. A lot of people see this explosion in AI as just so transformative that Apple can't really sit this one out. And Apple, they struggle with this type of technology, this kind of technology that requires massive amounts of data, then big servers to process these large quantities of data. Their expertise obviously is in hardware and software integration and good user design experiences. It's not the big data stuff that they're great at. Aaron, something sort of interesting happened this week when Apple announced it was giving up on its electric vehicle project and shifting some workers to AI. The stock went up and that was probably an unusual reaction, but were investors responding to this shift to AI? What was going on there? As Apple loves to point out, they've been working on AI for many years. But this cancellation of their car project was really a signal that Apple is focusing. They've spent many billions of dollars on this car project for the past 10 years, and it was clear they weren't going to get a satisfactory result of that. So they're telling the market that we are going to take generative AI very seriously. So in the last earnings, uh, Tim Cook came out and said, you know, don't worry, we got something great coming later this year on generative AI. They said that again at their annual shareholder meeting. So they're going to focus, and one area of focus is going to definitely be in artificial intelligence and generative AI. And we are expecting more information at a June developer conference, but what else do we know about Apple's plans in AI and whether it can catch up to the others? Apple's going to focus on the areas that it thinks it can make the biggest difference, and that is in artificial intelligence features that improve the consumer experience around their devices. Apple's always said that a big differentiator for their artificial intelligence is that it runs more on the devices instead of being sent over the internet to cloud servers and having everything run there. Things like on your iPhone where it will use generative AI to summarize notes in your notes app or automate writing of messages in iMessage or in their email app, you know, very discrete experiences that make the device more functional and, and easier to use. That's Wall Street Journal Apple reporter Aaron Tilley. And in U.S. news, House lawmakers have approved a temporary spending bill in a vote of 320 to 99. A little more than half of Republicans joined all Democrats to support the measure aimed at averting a partial government shutdown this weekend. The bill now heads to the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he hopes his colleagues could pass the measure as soon as tonight, after which it'll be sent to the president. And a federal judge has temporarily blocked a new Texas law that would allow the state to jail and deport migrants, ruling it unconstitutional and in violation of the federal government's sole authority on immigration. Texas is expected to appeal the ruling. 
finally, it's Leap Day today, February 29th. That extra day in the month only comes around about once every four years. So what effect does it have on the world of business? Mark Maurer, who covers corporate finance and accounting for The Wall Street Journal, spoke with our Take on the Week podcast host, Dion Rabowin. Companies get a benefit from this uh, in a lot of cases. Retailers might get that extra day of sales. A rental car company might get an extra day of rental payments. And your workers who are paid by the hour are likely to experience that benefit more so than someone who's salaried and would not receive necessarily more pay for that additional day. So CFOs of several major companies in recent weeks leading up to Leap Day have been giving a heads up to investors and analysts on earnings calls. You've heard it pop up on calls from Delta Airlines, Chipotle, Walmart, just letting investors and analysts know this year might be a little bit different. Another benefit of Leap Day? You get an extra two podcast episodes from us. And that's what's news for this Thursday afternoon. Today's show was produced by Pierre Bienname and Anthony Bansi with supervising producer Michael Cosmides. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. We'll be back with a new show tomorrow morning. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.